It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, as I previewed on the last couple shows... There's been some rumors that AM has a much easy, relaxed schedule this year. So we're going to be breaking down all 13 teams in the SEC and how they stack up compared to AM. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show. So I always love personal feedback. Whether it's positive, negative, you want to give me a compliment, you want to berate me, I don't care. Any positive or negative feedback is great feedback because it makes the show better, it makes the content better, and most importantly, it helps us do our job here at LOP a thousand times easier. And secondly, why not follow us on Twitter at LockedOnAggies. LockedOnAggies is your number one source for all things related to the 12th man found up in College Station, whether at Reed Arena, Bluebell Park, or Kyle Field. So give us a follow on iTunes, give us a follow on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least listen to us on LockedOnPodcast.com. Before we begin, as I mentioned every single show this week, and I'm going to continue to mention... Us here at the Lockdown Podcast Network have realized and seen the racial injustices going on around America today, and we would like to do our part. And the only way we can is by donating money. A lot of people want to say we can donate by putting on things or other or saying things that people, you know, just to say we're allies. We want to do our part by opening up our wallets. And so here's what we're going to do. We encourage everyone here to make a donation to local or national organizations of your choice fighting for civil rights, social justice, and the end of racism. Every dollar you donate, Locked On will match every donation made in the month of June by our host up to $10,000. So go ahead and contribute to some of these funds. If you have another one, let us know what it is, but you can donate to blacklivesmatter.com the NAACP LDF.org or joincampaign0.org. Every dollar you donate, we will donate as well to help end the justice cause of racism in America today. We here are allies. We listen. We support you. And we thank you for telling our story, uh, your stories. Let us as a team help end these horrific stories once and for all. ESPN's been pretty boring recently, mainly because there are no sports going around. It's a much like this podcast where we continue to just try to come up with things to talk about heading into the regular season. Yeah, football is coming back slowly and surely. And on today, June 12th, we are looking at September 5th being the start date for Texas A&M football. But for right now, since there's nothing to talk about, ESPN decided to do a mock draft. Now, a lot of people are probably asking, Why a mock draft? What kind of mock draft? Well, not one for 2021, not who made the right picks in 2020, but instead, every team's, all 32, first four-round mock drafts for who is already in the NFL, established, and can make an impact on a team. Two Aggies went in the first round. One is not surprising at all. The other one is is beyond surprising when you think about it. 18 quarterbacks were taken before the likes of Ryan Tannehill, who was drafted by Courtney Cronin, ESPN Minnesota Vikings writer, in the number 25 overall selection. Keep in mind, 
Tannehill was a top 10 pick in the 2012 NFL Draft coming out of College Station. Only having started for a year and a half in Aggieland, he immediately was named the starter for the Miami Dolphins in the rookie as a rookie. He had seven up and down seasons before the team elected to trade him to Tennessee before the 2019 campaign. And after starting the year as a backup, Tannehill took over in week six for Marcus Mariota. He led the team to six of their next seven wins, throwing for 22 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards, and only six interceptions, leading the team to the AFC Championship game and earning the NFL Comeback Player of the Year honor along the way, also nabbing his first Pro Bowl. And this offseason, the 31-year-old signed a four-year thirty-one uh, four-year extension worth $818 million, $91 million guaranteed. Cronin backed up her statement by saying, I grabbed Tannehill, who I see as a top 15 QB talent, with my first round selection and built around him. She also added the 2000, uh, 2019 season was the best of Tannehill's career, and I believe bringing in a true number one receiver with her second round pick, Devontae Adams, will allow him to carry that success for the next three to five years. Adams has the mo- second most receiving touchdowns over the past three seasons and has shown up when it counts the most with 45 catches, for 687 yards and six touchdowns in eight playoff games. The other two picks added to that list were San Francisco 49ers defensive end Eric Armstead and Harrison Smith, the Minnesota Vikings safety, one of the top safeties in the game. For Tannehill to go that high is insane, only because of you have to wonder what is the value of other positions. Then again, quarterback is a value. But when you also look at some of the quarterbacks who were taken after him, Maybe you wonder, was this the right move? One great year of success will not define a player, but then again, you look at some of the other guys who were drafted. Derek Carr went in the third round by the Houston Texans, by Sarah Barshop. Uh, Seattle drafted Ben Roethlisberger, 91st overall by Brady Henderson. Jameson Hensley for Baltimore drafted Matthew Stafford with the 28th overall pick. And... Uh, Mike Chajewski, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, Rob Davinsky selected Tua Tagovailoa, 30th overall. Of those, I would maybe go Big Ben, but I would definitely go with Tannehill right now over Carr, and I would definitely go with him over Tagovailoa because you have no idea what you're getting from the Alabama Crimson Tide prospect. The other first-round target selected in this mock draft was Mike Evans. This is one that I just look at and go, okay, makes a 150% chance. 18 quarterbacks are already taken off the board, so I went into the draft prioritizing at wide receiver or left tackle as my non-QB offensive player. Evans was the choice at number 27 because he's younger than Julio Jones and more trustworthy than Tyreek Hill. I don't know if he's more trustworthy. The younger part against Julio Jones, that's a toss-up. The production is why you go with Mike Evans over Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill. There's two players in NFL history who started their careers off with 1,000-yard seasons in six straight years. One is Mike Evans. The other is Randy Moss, considered the greatest wide receiver of the 1990s and the early 2000s. Probably in consensus for the greatest wide receiver of all time with Jerry Rice. Of the two... It makes sense. No matter what, Mike Evans to me is a first round player. He immediately jumps off the board because of his production with limited quarterback play for a few years. Jameis Winston throwing interception after interception for Tampa Bay for the last five seasons. It all adds up. 
Consistency is key, and Evans is that. Two guys who were not taken in the first round, but were taken in the second and third round. Miles Garrett, taken 34 overall by the San Francisco 49ers. And Von Miller, who I believe was taken in the third round by the Las Vegas Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was, uh, no, uh, second round, late second round, 53 overall pick. I think he should have gone higher. I think both of them should have gone higher. Because again, quarterbacks win you championships, but so do pass rushers. And Miles Garrett is the emerging top pass rusher in the NFL, far and away. That's not even a discussion for emerging prospects. And Von Miller is a consensus every year, when healthy, full 16 games, 9 to 15 sack player. You get nine sacks from a player every season, you may not be an elite defender, but you're doing your job and you're earning the money and you're earning your keep which is what Von Miller's done, except for in two seasons. One, he was injured for half the year, and last year was just a down year for Denver in general. But when he was hot, he was hot. Both of those players I would have taken much more before Ryan Tannehill. But again, that's just me personally. I think that you also could say Christian Kirk, maybe in this four-round draft, he was not included. Maybe in the fourth round, you would have taken him. He's an emerging slot target who's been very productive for Arizona. I'd at least consider him, but of these lists up here, I'm okay with it overall. I I just wish that Garrett's potential would have landed him in the first round. Don't get me wrong. He was the second pick in the second round, and because of Von Miller's 31, I get why he fell out of the first round, but 53 is way too low, and if he comes back with Bradley Chubb on the other side, Vic Fangio's defense is going to be scary. I mean, it it literally is going to be beyond scary. We're talking about the easiest schedule, like I said. Easy, speezy, lemon squeezy, however you want to say that term. It was easy to say that Miles Garrett deserved to be a first-round prospect, but how easy is a and schedule compared to all other teams in the SEC? It's a two-part episode that we're going to be breaking down, but today we're going to be looking at the SEC West in division rivals and how their schedule stacks up compared to a and Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies. And like many people, I like to keep my car up to date. But with the ever-increasing numbers of Audis being made and new models coming out daily, it's impossible to stock up on the parts you need at every traditional chain front store. That's why you should go ahead and check out rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family-owned business helping out auto part customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine control to brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's for a classic convertible or a daily driving car, Get everything you need with just a few easy clicks that will be delivered immediately to your door. The Rock Auto catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brand, specification, and the price you prefer. Plus, you're never going to beat rockauto.com's prices. They're reliably low and they're same as the professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend twice as much for the same parts at a traditional store? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to go for your broken down car today. Give them y'all. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me ask you a question. 
Do you like quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams by people who understand exactly what they are talking about? If so, why not download a Locked On podcast today? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus everything covered in the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, and up-to-date information for all things surrounding fantasy sports. So go download us on iTunes, listen on Spotify, or give us a follow at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Texas A&M schedule, whenever football is played, hopefully September 5th, will kick off against Abilene Christian. They will also face the likes of every team in the SEC West, including also Colorado, North Texas, Fresno State, and Vanderbilt, plus their rival game with South Carolina at some point during the season, as all SEC teams have one SEC East rival that they play. How does that compare to the rest of the conference? Well, according to CBS's Tom Fernelli, A&M has, without a doubt, the easiest schedule in the SEC West. According to Fornelli, last year the Aggies had a schedule that included Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. That's three recent national champs, a recent SEC title winner, and an Auburn team that played a couple of national titles and won in the last decade. This year's schedule isn't quite difficult. Georgia and Clemson are gone in their place of Colorado and Vanderbilt. Finishing off the season with Alabama and on the road at LSU is going to hurt, but a non-conference against Abilene Christian, Texas, North Texas, the Buffaloes, and Fresno State won't. They have an overall five ranking in strength of schedule heading into the season. They're 12th of all 14 teams. The only two that are worse are in the SEC East. So why don't we break down every team in the SEC West and see how right Fornelli is. I'm not sold he's 100% right. But what I am sold on is that there are some games that are tougher. Let's just go out ahead and start off with this one. Arkansas. They are ranked the hardest schedule going into 2020 in the SEC. According to Fernelli, he writes, What helps put Arkansas on the top, aside from being the lowest rated team in the SEC West, and the only team that doesn't get to play Arkansas, is that they play Notre Dame. That's certainly one of the most difficult non-conference games in any SEC team will play this season. It draws in the East and it isn't horrific as they get Tennessee and go with their annual rivalry against Mizzou. In the West, the Hogs get Alabama and LSU at home, but in consecutive weekends. They also get A&M on a neutral site. The most difficult road game in the conference is Auburn. So when you look at their out-of-conference games, Notre Dame on September 12th in uh, South Bend, Indiana. That's going to be a tough game. Notre Dame is always overrated. I'm just going to be honest with you. I grew up a Notre Dame fan, and my grandfather, God rest his soul, is a huge Fighting Irish fan. But they're overrated. They're always overrated. That is going to be a game where Notre Dame says, yeah, we're not overrated. We're going to play a team, and we're going to win. Sam Pittman's offensive line is not in a good spot right now. Uh, We have no idea what they're going to do with the quarterback position. If Felipe Franks is going to come back, their defense is in shambles. Notre Dame gets that win. The neutral game against A&M, it's always a toss-up. A&M always wins, but it's always a lot closer. Tennessee is better than last year. That Halloween game, Tennessee is incredible. Auburn is going to be great. Their defense is not going to be, but their offense is going to be pretty dang good. Ole Miss, they get in Fayetteville. 
They also have games against Louisiana Monroe, Nevada, and Charleston Southern. I think if they win all three of those games, they're going to lose both the Saturday game against Alabama and the um, the October 17th game against LSU. I would say this game is significantly harder because of, of all the teams. This is the Clemson game. This is the A&M Clemson game of the past two years. Arkansas is playing Notre Dame, who, despite never living up to expectations of being a national contender every single season, is a lot better. And it's a new head coach. Arkansas's schedule is a lot harder. Let's look at Auburn's schedule. This is a team that can be on the fence. I don't think that they're a stellar team, but they're definitely not a terrible team. When you look at what Fornelli said, Auburn's non-conference is highlighted by a game against North Carolina and Atlanta. Alcorn State, Southern Miss, and UMass won't do uh, a lot to whole help their pass. And if North Carolina doesn't carry itself with a ton of weight because of their high expectations going into 2020. The Tigers get Kentucky and Georgia from the east, while A&M and LSU come to them. But they're on the road for both Georgia and Alabama. Anytime you play at Bryant-Denny Stadium, it's a hard game. I'm just going to throw that out there. You play at Bryant-Denny, it's going to be a abysmal nightmare. Now you can look at what they have at home. They have Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky is actually a good team. If Terry Wilson comes back and plays like he did in 2018, yeah, I think that he's. this is going to be a pretty good game. Not saying Auburn's going to lose it, but say Terry Wilson doesn't come back. Former Auburn recruit Joey Gatewood is going to come in, and he's going to make an impact, I think, immediately. North Carolina, though, if North Carolina and Sam Howell live up to expectations under Mac Brown, this is the second best team in the ACC this year, hands down. From Larry Fedora and what he was able to do with Marquise Williams and Mitchell Trubisky to what Mac Brown's doing with Sam Howell, if Howell transforms into a stellar quarterback, I'm telling you, they're going to be a team to, to threaten with. Are they also better than Colorado. Yes. Yes, they are. I would say right now, Auburn's schedule is harder because of they're playing in Stanford and they're playing in Bryant-Denny, but also A&M's playing in Bryant-Denny this year. So you can cross that one out. But North Carolina's expectations are more than Colorado's expectations. So because of that, I give the edge to Auburn. So right now, Arkansas and Auburn do have harder schedules than the Aggies. What about the other four teams in the SEC West? Don't go anywhere. We'll break down those schedules in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies. And much like you, I am a health-conscious guy trying to stay in shape during quarantine. But you always got to have your daily dose of breakfast foods. And for me, who's always on the run, I found a tasty new treat in Built Bars. Built Bar is an amazing protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar and comes in 16 amazing different flavors. My personal favorites include the mint chocolate chip and the salted caramel. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is not only good, but it's good for you. And it's covered in the chocolate that everyone loves. Plus, not only will it help you lose weight, it can help you maintain weight as a delicious treat. Take, for instance, the peanut butter brownie bar. It comes with 20 grams of protein, 
170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 net carbs. You're not going to find another treat like that out here. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your first order. That code is locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So whatever you're doing to stay in shape during this quarantine offseason, make sure you're using it with Built Bar. Not only will you see results, but you'll have a tasty treat to start your day off right. Gig them, y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. We're talking about strength of schedule going into the 2020 season, and we'll admit right now, Arkansas has a harder schedule than A&M to begin the year, and Auburn has a harder schedule to begin the year. Let's look at Alabama. Alabama does not get to face Alabama, which hurts them, I guess, in a sense, but their schedule still is pretty tough. The Tide opens the season against USC in Arlington, Texas, and they'll play the rare regular season game against Georgia. The rest of the conference outside of USC is nothing special as Georgia State, Kent State, and UT Martin all will likely be a four-touchdown put-in-your-second-string quarterback by halftime underdogs at the minimum. Inside the division, they get some relief by playing both Auburn and A&M at home, but they have to finish off them in consecutive weekends. They also have a couple of weeks after LSU on the road, which makes it a more difficult November. I think if AM lives up to expectation and USC can bounce back with Keldon Slavis leading the way, it'll be a tight game in both those, whether it's a win or loss for the Aggies or the Crimson Tide. I think if Helton and Slavis struggle in that start, and especially if they finish another 7-5 and season at USC... One, Helton's done immediately. You can throw him out and you can go call Urban Meyer or your mother or somebody to come in and and coach. But more importantly, it lessens the strength of schedule. And if they finish around the same record as Colorado, 6-6, 7-5, that's an even game. The difference is, is that it's an easier schedule for the likes of Alabama because of your playing host to two very good teams in the SEC West. With the Aggies, and with Auburn. I still say, right now, Alabama has a harder schedule than A&M. Not by much. Not by much. Because again, USC is overhyped every single year. But if they're finished in the top 25, that's a top 25 win for Alabama. That's another top 25 win if they beat Auburn and A&M. Those are three top 25 wins. So yeah, I say right now, Alabama has a harder schedule than the likes of the Aggies. That's just me. Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's first game with the Rebels will be interesting as it is at a neutral site against Baylor. That will be played right here at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. The rest of the non-conference schedule should be manageable as Southeast Missouri, UConn, and Georgia Southern all will come to Vaught-Hemingway Field. There are worse draws in the East than Vandy in Florida, But the Rebels will also have to face Auburn, LSU, and Alabama in consecutive weeks. They won't have a fun time playing Arkansas on a road week after facing A&M back in College Station to make the contest a little more difficult than it is on paper. I think when you look at the two schedules, they're not even out, but I understand where Fernelli comes from with this one. It's a neutral site game, which... A&M has as well, but theirs is against the Razorbacks in Arlington. 
There's against a non-conference opponent in Baylor with Dave Aranda, who is literally going to have to replace every single key player except for Charlie Brewer under center. Both of their non-conference games outside of those two over Colorado and Baylor include a FCS school in Southeast Missouri in Abilene Christian, uh, UConn, which is pretty much Fresno State, and Georgia Southern, which is North Texas. They add up, and they're all three are at home. You also throw in Vanderbilt with both A&M and the Rebels traveling to Nashville. And you throw in the likes of the Egg Bowl being held at Vaught-Hemingway, kind of similar to how LSU, who is going to completely be retooled, comes to Kyle Field. They even out. The only difference between the two that I think makes A&M's schedule a little harder than Ole Miss's is they have to go to Bryant-Denny but the Crimson Tide come to Vaught-Hemingway. That's what makes it, I think, easier. Because also, they have to go to Auburn, and Auburn has to go to Ole Miss. So when you have that home field advantage, that gives you a slight edge, in my opinion. We don't know what Auburn's going to be. We have no idea what Ole Miss is going to be. We know A&M's going to be good. We also know that LSU recruited very well, and if Miles Brennan can be the answer under center, they're going to contend at least for a 9-10 win season. So I'm going to say right now, A&M has a harder schedule than Ole Miss. Only because we have no idea what we're getting from Baylor, just like we have no idea what we're getting from Colorado. Next up on our list, we're going to go to Mississippi State. The non-conference games don't do a whole lot either way. At North Carolina State is the toughest of the slate, rounded out by home games against New Mexico, Tulane, and Alabama A&M. The backbreaker in the schedule is both Alabama and LSU will host them in consecutive weeks. At least the Bulldogs will have a bye before it. Getting Missouri and Kentucky in the East isn't easy, but you'd rather go to them than Georgia and Florida. All in all, October will suck, but September and November will provide chances of relief. I look at this... North Carolina is a better team than Colorado right now, but everyone else evens out. The difference is for Mississippi State is Mississippi State has to go to LSU, which if it is a night game, is incredibly hard to play in. And again, you have to go to Alabama. Kentucky could be good. Kentucky also could be average. And Missouri could be good. They also could be below average. They have a brand new head coach in Eli Drinkwitz. We have no idea what to expect from him. We have no idea what they're going to do on the defense or with quarterback. Kelly Bryant's gone. Drew Locke's gone. So you have no idea what you're doing in those two areas. I think NC State is more polished than Colorado State, but they even out. I'm going to push this one. This is a push. You could say they're even schedules. Closing it out, LSU. The defending champions will play Texas again this year, but this time it's in Baton Rouge. The only non-conference game outside of Tiger Stadium is at a neutral site against Rice in Houston. Neither Rice or UTSA can score high enough ratings, and Nickel State does not do much for the Tigers either. What carries the weight is road games against Florida, Auburn, and A&M, as well as a home date with Alabama. Every year, Alabama-LSU is one of the best games in the SEC. We can just say that right now. That's a given. But last year, I think the biggest thing besides Joe Burrow and Joe Brady connecting so well is the fact that the game against A&M was at home. The last time LSU traveled to College Station, it was a seven-overtime game with A&M coming out on top for the first time in school history since joining the SEC. Rice is a better team 
than I think Abilene Christian. But they're right there with North Texas. They're right there with Fresno State, if not worse than Fresno State. Then you look at their other games. I think Texas is a better team than people are giving them credit for. Again, the game is probably going to be at night. It's going to be in LSU. It's going to be at Baton Rouge. That's a little tougher than Colorado. Overall, I can't believe I'm going to say this. LSU is going to have a tougher schedule this year than A&M because of the Florida game and the Auburn game being in the Plains and being in the Swamp. And of course, playing at A&M, which will probably be a night game as well. LSU will have a tougher schedule also because of the fact that they're going to be playing shorthanded. Their entire defense got drafted. And you have the hope that the players who are coming back, who got even minimal snaps last year, will be just as good as the guys who just left. So LSU has the tougher schedule. Closing out, before we go, Arkansas easily has a tougher schedule. Alabama, if USC lives up to expectations, has a tougher schedule. I think Auburn... If North Carolina lives up to expectations, has a tougher schedule. I think it's a push for both LSU, I mean, for both uh, Mississippi State and for Ole Miss. And I think LSU has a slightly tougher schedule if the players do not blend as well as the 2019 team. So AM for me has the fifth toughest schedule, the third easiest schedule in the SEC this year. Which either just says in the SEC West, it's very competitive, or overall, this is just a very good conference. And seeing a 7-5 record would probably mean you're 9-3 or 10-2 in a lesser conference. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And while you're at it, listen to Draft Dudes with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's draft season 24-7, all 365 days a year. And the guys from the Draft Network know exactly what they're talking about. Tomorrow, we will be breaking down the likes of the SEC East. How easy is their schedule compared to A&M's? Don't go anywhere, and we will see you tomorrow. But always remember, give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.